Inside 50, Benny Brown again. Snap off a step. Got two in the first turn. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Simon and as always, supported by Hop and Brewing. Thanks so much for joining us, Tim. How you doing, mate? G'day, mate. How you going? First intro. How many, what, what, what do we go? Four four rounds there, but no, well done, mate. Bloody good job. Thanks, mate. Make sure you don't put up the first uh, couple of recordings. That'd be amazing. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, outstanding. No, nah, I'm going good, mate. Um, yeah, just ticking along. Seems a bit like Groundhog Day with lockdowns and stuff again, but it was a pretty exciting game on, on Monday night and albeit under some pretty bizarre circumstances. But at the end of the day, we've come away with the win. We're top of the ladder, which, you know, going into round 21, we weren't certainly thinking that was going to be in the calculation. So pretty amazing to, to see that, well, A, locked in a top four spot, and B, have a good chance to finish, well, on top, or if not top two, uh, that game against Geelong becomes even more crucial now. No, outstanding and always good to beat the Weagles out west. I love love smacking those. I think they've had the wood over us over the last couple of years, being us four times in a row. But um, I think, yeah, I'm in foreign territory, mate. I um, The last time the D's made the top four, I was in, uh, I was in actually in prep. So it's been, a, it's been a bit of a, as we say in our introduction, it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, definitely in foreign territory and I don't really know how to sort of um, go about, you know, the rest of the year. I suppose it's, again, just riding that roller coaster one week at a time and, you know, hope for the best because I certainly, certainly believe that we've got the right uh, mix of players and the right depth to go all the way. It's just a matter of competing, you know, and bringing our forward pressure and our game each week. Yeah, definitely. I think if anything, the last couple of weeks has really shown our character. I mean, the kind of adversity that we've had to face in the last couple of weeks with the whole, you know, heading up to Gold Coast and having to turn around, you know, spending the day on the plane and then coming out and, and demolishing the Suns and then, you know, having to go over to Perth and quarantine for the best part of a week and then play on a Monday night, which is already late enough as it was, not to <laughs> not to mention this whole bizarre lightning circumstance, which um in, well, in AFL men's, I don't think it's happened for a long time. I know that it happened in the AFLW. It was a couple of years ago as well too. I know that was sort of flying across Twitter because I think there's a few people not too happy that BT and JB were saying that they've never, ever seen it. But it was just, yeah, like what, four and a half quarters, you think about it, that, that last that last quarter on the clock was going for 50-odd minutes. The, the restart was what it was. Eagles came out with absolutely nothing to lose and, and gave us a, a pretty big scare, uh, unfortunately, towards the end. But at the end of the day, we, we held on and, and got those four points. And it doesn't matter how you win in the West, mate. It's, as I said last week, I don't care where the Eagles are sitting and, and how they've performed in previous weeks. Every time you play them over in Perth in front of a home crowd, it, anything can happen. And you could hear, you know, the energy that, that fan, the fans were feeding it as well too, that home side advantage there. Uh, it was always going to play a large role in the game. And yeah, they did. They had their chance to, you know, to really have their best crack at it as well in the second quarter in that restart. And they made the most of it. But, you know, fortunately, we managed to hold on and just stave off their, their last gasp um, effort to get the points. Yeah, it was great to see, mate. It's it's something where I, I honestly think we played probably two really strong cores of footy, and obviously, you know, we sort of just laid down in the last quarter. But seeing seeing what we can serve up, especially in such a hostile environment, it 
you know, it makes you wonder, like, if we ever have to go play Port or Sydney or Brisbane interstate, um, which is a high, high chance, knowing that, unfortunately, we're back in lockdown in Victoria and we don't know what's going to happen uh, next for the footy. So, you know, for us to, to showcase against a, you know, a hostile crowd where there's not many Melbourne supporters, like, it's a true testament to, to where we're heading as a football club. That's it. And, uh, yeah, you're right. We really have to be... I suppose, prepared to play anywhere. We, we have no idea what the future holds for us in terms of, you know, as fans, we'd love to be able to go to the G. And I know the AFL desperately wants to hold the final series or the best part of the final series and, most importantly, the grand final at the MCG with crowds. But we can't, unfortunately, we can't forecast what the go is with that. And credit to Melbourne about how they've gone and travelled this entire season or well, the last two years, really. I mean, the things that they've had to deal with and I think... Hopefully, we've sort of seen this group become pretty tight-knit and pretty close together, and, and that's certainly spilling out onto the field as well, too. And I think Monday night was a great example of that, uh, just with a couple of boys playing, you know, Alex Neil Bullen, I'm sure we'll get to him later, but playing in his 100th game and a few of those X-Factor players that really sort of stood up. And, and honestly, I think, you think about it, without their performance, we probably don't win um, if the game sort of rolls the same way as what it did, so... But there was plenty of positives to like about our big win over in the West on Monday night. And we're going to look at those things in our next segment. Credit to the boys. I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front. And I thought we did that all day. So We want to play our way. Just go after the boys. Well, Simo, I don't know about you, but the first thing that I noticed straight with that first quarter, Ben Brown. I think week after week, he just seems to be building some fantastic form. Um, whether he's getting his legs under him really well and, and really building towards what's going to be a really crucial uh, piece in our finals campaign and looks to probably have edged weeds barring any injury uh, unexpectedly. But I just think that his first quarter really set the tone for us. We talked about fast starts and how it's been something that we've needed to improve on. We had a really good opening quarter of that game there and he just looked active early like getting up the ground and just get his hands on the ball in the conditions but it was you know it was pissing down rain and very greasy pill but he was sort of saying afterwards he goes yes it was it was raining a little bit at times because he sort of thinks surprising for a small as a tall forward as you'd know as a as a forward yourself in, in the in the wet but also, he said, yeah, it gets a bit sticky, which is great for the hands. And he just was really able to clunk a few early and, you know, hit on the scoreboard. So, kicked those first two-quarter goals and just looked to be a great forward target. Had heaps of space. Now, with no T-Mac and then them electing to go with James Jordan in the side as opposed to Wiedemann, kind of opened up that forward 50 for him as well too. Had plenty of space to lead into. And, yeah, just competed really strongly all night. So, ended up with the three goals. Took the seven marks as well, too, which I think was outstanding. And, you know, kicked a really important goal late in the third quarter as well, too. So, really like what we're seeing from him. I think that you can easily say that start of the year, obviously, wasn't match fit. Needed to get those things right. And it's really taken him the best part of the season to find his match fitness. But really can prove that he can make a difference in this D side. Sent it to you a couple of times during the night, mate. That clock tower is starting to roll. You know, giving him the time to really just start to find his niche with the side is, you know, obviously with an <clears throat> with the key forward, it's going to take time. You know, obviously you're going to learn, you know, how how your teammates work and, you know, which foot they normally go on, et cetera. So, you know, we're reaping the rewards. And unfortunately, he's actually kicking Sam Wiedemann out of the side. That's a good problem to have like we've had all year. It's an interesting one too because, you know, with T-Mac out, sort of where does that leave us? Is it... Kind of reminds me of the start of the year when, you know, it's a T-Mac and Dogger sort of forward line. You know, now you're thinking, hmm, it's a Dogger and Brown forward line. And 
you know, where does that sort of sit or put T-Mac? But T-Mac comes into that side, um, no doubt, um, just just provides so much for us. So, yeah, I know it's it's something that's really, really positive to see. You know, had, yeah, a lot of us had our doubts, especially when you come in, what do you, I think you made it multiply three or four games in that middle part of the year and you might have kicked maybe three or four goals, just obviously weren't getting you know, best value for him. But, you know, to be honest, sometimes you don't have to kick a heap of big bags. It's just more your presence and, Definitely his presence was felt, especially early on in that game. And, you know, really made um, Jeremy McGovern and um, what's a young Harry Andrews um, worry about where he is, um, which was good to see. The big thing I really took out of the game was our premiership quarter, the third quarter, the old premiership quarter. You, you learn that as a junior coming up and, you know, that third quarter is always very crucial to, you know, setting you up for the for the rest of the game. Um, and, yeah, we definitely, it was, it was, I was telling you, it was sort of like a muscle flex. Like we just... You know, I put the foot down. I think it was five goals to one, I think, in the quarter. It was just, yeah, it was just a real classy, classy act by us. And, yeah, we really stra- stranglehold um, the Eagles. We did. And it really sort of came after 10 minutes of, I guess, pretty even contest in the first in the first half of that third quarter. So we really didn't kind of, I suppose, show our dominance or, or, or really kind of make them pay on the scoreboard right up until those last 10 minutes. And that's where those goals came. I think Jake Melksham had himself an absolute ripper third quarter. Now, he, he was obviously um, playing a defensive forward role down on McGovern there, but to get a couple of bonus goals from him, I think was, yeah, it was absolutely crucial. I think I love that mark that he took out on the boundary there. So I think it was at Rivers there that had a pot shot and it just bellied the ball and was floating near the boundary. And I think if it was Cole or somebody that ran up to him, but it had given up on the play and Melksham takes the grab out on the boundary line, gives a beautiful left left foot kick, snap for goal, gives a little uh, how you doing to the crowd as he runs off there and, and then, you know, kicked a, a really nice goal pretty much straight away after that as well. But I think we had a bit of a, you know, a few messages fly back and forward about, about Milky and his spot in the side. And I, I still think that he's certainly got some stuff to offer uh, as a vet in our team. And, and I think just even that quarter, they kind of can hopefully... He might play a really important role going to finals for a game that was pretty slow and big leads didn't break out, and for us to be able to then go into three quarter time with a thirty-two point lead, I thought was yeah was outstanding, and we really were able to kind of muscle there. And I also think that just our mids as well were really classy in the wet. I think track and all of that. Whilst you probably didn't see them kind of streaming out, and I think just the work that they did in the grunt work and the contest and just getting the ball out to our wingers was really clean. Um, a few of the Eagles looked pretty clean, like, you know, Tim Kelly and especially in that last quarter, you know, Elliot Yo played really well as well too. But I think that for the first three quarters, the grunt work and, and everything that the boys did in the contest was was outstanding and probably doesn't go unnoticed, but it probably not as flashy as some of those other blokes that we saw. 100%. And someone who really, really got stuck into last week on the podcast was Jimmy Harms. I think... Jimmy Harms deserves a huge wrap up. I probably thought he was pretty much best on ground actually for us. He, you know, had upwards of you know high end twenties disposals, uh, high end pressure pressure acts and tackles again. Like he was, he was super clean in the wet, and he, you know, he actually looked like he was you know using the right option. And that yardage game really helps in the wet, and he was definitely really good for it. I also want to touch on you know we got the four points, and that was only from pretty much two quarters of footy. Like you look at our our second quarter and our fourth quarter, we we're just playing boring, playing football. As opposed to the first and second, uh, first and third quarter, I don't know if it was to do if there was a wind or something happening, like that could have been it. Obviously, it was a bit swirly, a bit like the G. They were saying good old Matty Pavlich was uh, tossing up some rubbish com- commentary, just getting it wrong left, right, and center. Also, something to really touch on too is the um, 
intercept game wasn't really with my lever that they didn't have a huge impact on the game. Like yes, they were probably more they were more one on one with you know Jack or Jack Darling actually. I thought took the game by the scruff of the neck in the last quarter. We're actually very lucky that you know he probably didn't kick three or four. You know they put Allen Allen down there, which really stretches those two boys. Yeah, they were playing lockdown roles and. West Coast did that really well, but for us to stand up uh, without those two key, two key pillars, you know, it was really pleasing to see. That's it. And yeah, you're right. I, like the game and the conditions probably didn't lend themselves to intercept marks as well. Um, but I think, yeah, you're playing one-on-ones mostly down back there and, and West Coast ensured that our defenders were made accountable and playing on, yeah, the twin towers that, that Eagles had. And I suppose in that third quarter, you got Kennedy that, you know, went off for about 25 minutes with which seemed like a a little bit of a niggle in his knee and it could have been it could have been something serious. I sort of thought he might have been sitting out of the game because I mean we we sort of forgot to mention but Shannon Hearn subbed out early in the first quarter that they had to activate their sub pretty early on. So I don't know whether it was a fact that if Kennedy wanted needed to come on. Obviously West Coast had a lot to play for in this game as well too. So now they really they have to win the next two games in order to, to shore up to make sure that they lock a spot in the eight. Yeah, there's a lot to play for for both sides tonight, and especially playing at home, you know that they'd want to, they'd know how important that was for them. Yeah, you know, we think about momentum and Cozzy's goal on at half time huge was absolutely massive. And listening to some of the uh, the comments and, and when the rules started flying around, people you know scrambling trying to find out. All right, what's the go with the lightning um, delay? You know. Is it, you know, whoever was leading at halftime? Is it at stands? Because there's a few different things flying around Twitter. And yeah. and at one point, they said it's whoever was leading at halftime. And I wasn't quite sure. But you think about that. Like, imagine if that was the rule and Jeez. it came to Cozzy's kick on the <laughs> siren. I mean, far out, I mean, we know that set shot can probably be a bit 50-50 with him. So it was a really important kick. And, and I think then to sort of build into the what we did in that third quarter... Um, was absolutely huge. So, yeah, finding another way to win. Yes, we weren't relying on Lever and May. I think they did a lot of great work defensively just in terms of spoils. I think Petty played really well as well too, not to mention a couple of our other young backliners in Rivers and Bowie um, is just showing more and more, I mean, out of the two games as well too. Yeah, those those players that are sort of like the fringe players, yeah, 100% nailed it there. Like, I told you I told you before the game, or well, Harms needs to, need to back it up more so from the podcast standpoint, which he did. Malcolm probably playing for his career, to be honest. Really, really had a strong influence and, you know, nullified Jeremy McGovern. Nibbler, outstanding in a 100th game. Luke Jackson, rising star, sure him up. Absolutely, I reckon he's definitely the favourite now. I think he's got it. And then Jake Barry, second game. Gee, how, how clean did he look? Oh, my yeah, gosh. I think he ran at about 80% efficiency oh, off his 21 like, touches. If, so. if he doesn't get the rising star nod this, this week, there's... He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Who got he it? He didn't. Nah. Oh. Um, I don't know. I just saw it before. He didn't probably get about, it. Probably Matt Rial just floating around. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> nah, it's good to see those Yeah, good to see those players that are fringe players just really, yeah, starting to really own own their position. And I think ha- having Harms' impact in that middle will really make it interesting to see what happens with Viney when he comes back. It does, and it's certainly been something that we've well, we've mentioned it before about where Harm's best footy is, and and he certainly played his best game for the club this year, uh, absolutely, like able to hit the scoreboard. But yeah, it did seem very clean in the wet, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head with Jackson. I think his game was outstanding, playing against his idol and Nick Nat certainly held his own against him, even though Nick Nat had some pretty special moments as well too in the game, and yeah, Bowie. I mean, wowee, like what a what a player. 
it'd certainly be a bit of a conundrum leading into finals in such a young player and, and probably a little bit hard to look past Hibbard just in his experience, especially if Hibbard's in good form. But you just know that the handover and what the future holds is 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 really promising. And we've sort of known that for a while. But I think you sort of talked about Alex Neil Bullen before. But you think about game number 100, somebody that has occasionally been a bit of a whipping boy. And we've spoken a lot about him this year and about how much we love his work rate. But he's sort of probably the first person to cop a bit of shit when something doesn't quite go his way. And... And he just sort of stood up, um, yeah, really proud and took some great defensive marks as well too. So not only his work around the forward pressure and his, his tackling, we know him that, but I think just his ball movement and just the way that he sort of was able to take a couple of great contested marks in the middle of the ground as well defensively, I thought was huge. So he played a, a huge all-round game and, and certainly his best game for the club by a mile. All right, Simo, we'll cover the things that we did love about the game. Now it's to cover the things that we need to improve on, okay? Now, next segment, pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed, I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. What have we got first there? What was something that you think that you were pretty pissed off about? Well, it started. It was in the first quarter where um, Gussie did the no-look handball straight to a West Coast player, which really opened us up and which led to a Crips goal. And I think it's, <clears throat> it's one one small thing to be critical on, but at times we do fall into that trap where we play. The, you know, there's been a few repeated you know players to do so, but Gus, unfortunately, you know, this one led to a goal. So, you know, if those things do happen, I mean, look, that's just a flow-on effect of footy. It does happen, but I think, you know, making sure of your disposal it would be pretty nice. But yeah, it's a pretty pretty harsh one to be pretty critical on. On the entire of the night, I suppose, we didn't do it a whole lot uh, in that sense in terms of turning the ball over in silly places. So, yeah, as you said, we can certainly something that they'll, I'm sure that they'll look at in the, in the vision, but not something to dwell on too much. I think the other one, which kind of falls into our trap of the second and fourth quarter, which we're playing pretty boring footies, change effing lanes. Um, go on PG there, mate. It's it, it, when when we get very very defensive, we just kick down the line, don't take risk. I mean, I, I reckon I saw, I reckon six to six to six to eight times where we had a chance, both from kickouts and also you know in general play, where we could have easily used an inside forty-five just to open the game up. And on numerous occasions, had Langdon free on the outer wing. Like it's, it it doesn't. It's 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 one thing to sort of you know save the other team from kicking goals, but far out. Like you know, it's just one of those things that you you notice on the screen. I reckon D's fans notice it too. But I mean, you can't really complain too much considering we got the win. But definitely, when we go all guns blazing, and we do it against the best sides too, it's very rare that we always go into lockdown mode. If, if we change directions, you look at quarter one and three, you look what we do to sides. And if you look at quarter two and four, um, we, you know, we got outscored, what was it, maybe, you know, seven, eight goals to one or two. Like it's, you know, when we're playing our best footy, it's that attacking brand. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a good example of that, like halfway through the third quarter, sort of before we started to pile on a couple of goals towards the end there, like Maisie did that exact thing and and was lo- looking left or right and, and couldn't see anything there. And, changing lanes in terms of like you just 
banged it straight down the middle and we ended up getting a scoring opportunity out of it. So not to say that we do that every week, but it's certainly something that they that they do need to look on, look for the switch a little bit more often when the ball gets stagnant because, yeah, too often we can kind of find that we're, we're certainly looking for, you know, a contested mark down the line um, up against the boundary. But when that doesn't pull off and, and that we're not getting any opportunities out of it, especially in you know, in an area where we need to score or in a game where we need to sort of put some scoreboard pressure on, they, they certainly need to look at that. And next thing that I'm pretty annoyed about, and this is of no fault of anyone, Jaden Hunt, unfortunately, subbed out very early in the game as well too with an ankle injury. Um, I know that he tried to get back up on it and sort of see how he'd go, but I don't I haven't heard what the severity of the injury is, but that could be a big blow to our back line you know, heading into September with his pace is something that we that we really do. Like we've capitalized on his form this year and it's been great to see him get back to his best and finally sort of solidify a role after moving around after the last few years. So it'd be a huge loss if he if he's gonna miss, you know, the next even couple of weeks if it's something um serious, then yeah, it could be a bit of a concern. I think as we mentioned, Bowie could be a potential replacement. I mean it's the yeah. inexperience is probably something to, to think about heading into September. But, you know, Bowie's got the speed. He's got the precision um, of his kicking, which is something probably he's, well, he's probably uh, better than Hunt in that regard. But he's certainly been a crucial part of our side this year, and we hate to see him go down. We've been pretty fortunate with injuries, um, Bar, Tomo, and, you know, Viney for a little bit as well too. So, but... Yeah, uh, hopefully they can get back up because he's certainly an important cog in our side. But I think we've definitely got the coverage there. Like, a, obviously, you know, Jane Hunt has a you know a bit of a license to do that, and I think you know we've got players such as Joe, uh, Trent Rivers, um, you know, or you know most likely, or Hibbard comes in the side to replace Hunt. I think it's pretty pretty much a no brainer. Um, but yeah, it, it will really free up you know a, a Bowie or a Rivers to not play as much of a lockdown role, and for Hibbard to go back to a lockdown role, but. You know, we've, we've seen that Rivers um, can take the game on too. So, you know, it's a good opportunity for those guys to sort of, you know, to really showcase, you know, what they've got in that regard. But as you say, you know, it's a little bit of inexperience. I mean, Rivers is, you know, Rivers has played, what, maybe 20 games, 20, oh, sorry, maybe th- almost 30 now. He's played pretty much every game this year, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. But then, yeah. Um, you know, Bowie's played two games, but it looks obviously very composed at the level and, you know, I back him into the hills and I'm sure. Yeah. And that's where I suppose our depth, you know, really comes into, in, in comes into action. And unfortunately, yeah, you know, one person goes down, it's the next, next man up sort of mentality and credit to Burjo and, and his, you know, fitness staff there. They've got our boys into really good shape for the second year now. And, and we've been really, as I said, we've been really fortunate with injuries and managed to keep like the soft tissue stuff has been, you know, almost non-existent, which has been great. So, um, yeah, we've, we've certainly got the players to fill that hole. It's just you hate to see somebody like Hunt, who has worked so hard to get back into the side and to find some form. I'd hate for him to, you know, for his injury to be serious and, and miss any time, you know, albeit finals as well. So the last thing we're going to look at, and I don't want to focus too much on this because it was such a bizarre thing that happened with the lightning and the delay and being off the ground for 30 minutes. D's had all the momentum. Even that first five minutes, you can just tell. Of that first five minutes that we actually played in the fourth quarter before the restart, we were absolutely suffocating them. Like they they just looked like they've given up. They, you know, we were pressing forward. The, the ball was living in our forward half for those first five minutes. 30-minute break, almost unprecedented in a side where Melbourne just wanted to get the game done. You, you could tell 
the two sides came out with completely different mentalities. Yeah. Goody was talking after the game. He said it was it was really hard to know what to do with them, like how to keep them warm, how long they're going to be. Like you'd, you'd hate, I know the commentators were talking about it a lot. You'd hate for a player to come out and then suffer a, an issue, like a you know a soft tissue injury or something like that. Or you know, I think um, who was it? Was it Richo was calling for Mac for Maxi to to be on the bench for the last for the last twenty minutes, you know, just to preserve him because you'd hate for anything to happen. You look at the Eagles. Apparently, they, you know, they could hear him doing a bit of rah rah, you know, getting fired up and sort of nothing to lose mentality, and and literally took the took the game on at every opportunity. And we weren't. We were looking to preserve and go into lockdown mode and just really kind of preserve the lead. And unfortunately, the Eagles capitalised on that, and we looked like a different side. And crazy. We can't we can't focus on it too much. We we can kind of say, okay, it's it's a weird situation to come out in. One was looking to attack, one was looking to defend, and, and unfortunately, the Eagles managed to jump on top of us and gave us a good fright towards the end of that quarter. Yeah, definitely. And I think, well, I think it might have been one of the biggest damning stats you've seen is, you know, 82% in West Coast forward half in that last quarter. It's like, yeah, we were into full defense mode and, yeah, yeah it wasn't, wasn't pretty, but, you know, we've said it numerous times, you know, four points is four points and, you know, just getting the job done in, in a pretty hostile environment was great to see. Just the last thing, I'll be really quick with this one, but I'm not one to really knock the umpiring, but I'll tell you what, we got the rough end of the stick in that last quarter. Um, there was also a real real moment where um, I just shook my head and there was a Rivers sort of nudge on Darling and he took a dive forward and Rivers actually took the mark. So it was actually he actually pushed, got him in the side, didn't get him in the back. But yeah, I just thought I'd just label that one. I think it was pretty rubbish, but yeah. I think yeah, you have to factor in the home crowd there and it's always going to be one of those things. I think... I mean, honestly, that that petty, you know, free kick in the middle of the ground with 30 seconds to go made me a bit nervous. <laughs> and the fact that he could have, like, you know, BT's hammering on about how he could have been given 50 and then that West Coast player ran through and and then <laughs> was it Matty Nichols goes, stop. He goes, <laughs> you're delaying the game. And then the commentators couldn't fun. believe it because Petty's taken 10 seconds to get up. Not letting I don't know how that ball. wasn't a 50. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, I think that was a really nervous moment. I think the umpires would have been aware of how long was left in the game. And yeah, I know there's a few questionable free kicks in that as well too. But as you said, it's uh, it's it's hard to judge the the outcome of the game by that. I, I just honestly think we were, we were very lucky to hang on. I think there was a couple of opportunities. I think Zach Langdon, you know, spoiled Josh Kennedy in that last 30 seconds when they yeah. entered inside 50 once again. You talked about the time in the fourth half eagles at the last 13 to 14 13 out of 14 inside 50s they just they kept coming as you said darling should have had a really good snap around the body from about 40 out and that sailed just just close from behind and they were they were yeah they were they had their chances and i think you know had a couple more things going their way we could be talking a different story here and just to go back on that i know i wanted to mention this just prior to so first couple minutes when we come back out we had golden opportunities from Petrarca, who won the ball after that first stoppage and then had a shot on goal, missed. Um, Frida had a set shot from about 35 out on a slight angle and kicked it almost out on the full. Did kick it out on the full. Did kick it on the full. Yep. And, yeah, then, night, Frida. <laughs> and then Jackson also had a pretty gettable set shot. Now, we know what his goal kicking can be um, a little bit topsy-turvy. They come off his ankle. I needed him for my multi. <laughs> so there was certainly those uh, certainly those chances there early. But again, I don't want to dwell on it. We played two great quarters of footy. We won over in the West. And you know what? We're bloody top of the ladder. So let's look at the positive sides. <laughs> yes.
about our Charlie Spargo Award, the most underrated performance or the most impressive performance we think of a player, somebody that hopefully, you know, might not always get the recognition, but I understand that we've got someone there. We had certainly a few uh, potential candidates this weekend, but who have you got there? Um, nom, 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 the nibbler. The nibbler. He was elite. <laughs> you like that one? I did. <laughs> I was going to gnaw on my arm. I thought it'd be pretty. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't obviously see the video on this unless you put it on YouTube, but. Yeah, lucky you haven't done that. Um, so, yeah, and the nibble of 19 touches. Um, to go with his 19 touches, 15 with kicks, eight score involvements, a goal assist, eight tackles, but most importantly, five inside 50, like providing that really strong pressure, um, and 21 pressure, pressure acts. Um, but can't knock him for anything he did, Nibbler. I think it was amazing in that 100th game, and you've actually forgotten there two goals, mate. He was, uh, he was special. Absolutely special, and um, yeah, no, no more, uh, more rewarding than him. Yeah, no, that's that's it, and yeah, I think I spoke enough about him before, and just really impressed with with uh, yeah, with his all around game, and I honestly think that yeah, a real um, real catalyst for our performance, and really sort of stood up in sort of moments where where we needed a goal. I think that especially that first goal, first or second goal, where he ran into the goal square almost unopposed, um, when it was absolutely pouring, teaming down with Vane. I thought was yeah fantastic and yeah we know the pressure that he brings and and when he's on he's uh he's, he's certainly a vital cog in our in our side people are only commenting on what they see um, but internally it's fagazi can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the water <laughs> <laughs> no i can't but it's uh it's goes something like fagazi it's woozy it's wazi <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, well, we are the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, and it's our most important segment where we get to have their say about what they thought the game was and the talking points from our huge win against West Coast. Who have we got there first, buddy? All right, first one comes in from Trent Answer. So Langdon's work up and down the ground and pace was great. Um, yeah, definitely agree. Um, he hasn't been as damaging as what he was at the start of the year. Um, I think his possession count's going down, but I think that could be definitely due to opposition teams putting some time and effort into him. I think, um, you know, when we do, as I said, I like this phrase, change lanes. Um, when we do change lanes, he's, he's the one that reward, rewards us most, and that's when he gets most of his possession. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was pretty busy early, and, and yeah, on a ground that would be pretty familiar to him as well too um, from his days at Frio. So... Fingers. <laughs> Uh, next, we got Rodney Davis who said, show what we can do when we're on, show what we can't do when we're not, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So, yeah, I mean, we talked about how those two quarters um, that we played really well and, and the damage that we did on the scoreboard and, and around the ground and, and obviously those two quarters that we weren't at our best, it's that's been an ongoing trend all season. So, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly a game of two halves in that respect. But, you know, at the end of the day, we still walked away with four points. Exactly. I think, yeah, as I said before, damage control, those that second and fourth quarter. All right, mate, the next one comes in from Jenny's side. Um, excuse me if I got that one incorrect. Um, comes, or the, what she said here is, loved Harmza's game. And I think we, yeah, we definitely labelled him before. He's, yeah, he's one that needed that really strong game. And I think with Viney's presence out, he's the one that, you know, really stood up in that midfield role. Um, you know, you obviously look for Vanders to impact as well, but yeah, Harms is the one that's a lot more cleaner and I think will be uh, in our best 22 as opposed to Vanders for the rest of the year. And last one we got here is from Bill Tobin. I think if we hadn't got off the ground for 30 minutes, we would have won easy. Nothing to panic about. Just have to beat the Crows at home. 
All the shit that we've had to endure over the last month has been unbelievable. At last, at least we play the last two in the state. So yeah, I think that's a really good point by Bill. Um, we sort of mentioned about like the break in, in the game, but I think more importantly, I think just to think about what the side and I suppose what the competition's gone through in the last month in terms of being able to shuffle games, being flexible with rounds and and really teams can't <laughs> prepare for, well, potentially the venue, but also the opposition as well too. So I think it's a credit to everyone and yeah, credit to the D's as well too about how they've gone about, especially the last couple of weeks, I mentioned that at the top of the podcast. But yeah, I think you have to look and give everyone you know, you know huge commendation for that because it can't be easy, especially um, with some clubs spending time away from families as well too, which is never easy um, in this shitty time. So no, great, great job there, Bill. Loved your comment there. All right, well, now we've focused on the West Coast game. Now it's time to look ahead in our next segment, one week at a time. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it you know, one week at a time. And, and coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. All right, mate, looking ahead, one week at a time. We love it. We love our saying, D's footy. Here we go. It's time for redemption, mate. It's, it's a Crows. In the unknown, I think, well, we're meant to be playing at the G, but unknown. But I think what they're going to try and do is get Melbourne and Victoria for the last two weeks. You know, I think it's cross, obviously, meant to be at the G this weekend and um, in Geelong the following weekend. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get some, uh, you know, probably a Sunday game would be nice. You know, a six-day break instead of, you know, if we were to play a Saturday, it would be a five-day break. So, yeah, fingers crossed it's a Sunday for um, for our players to recover. Obviously, last time was very disappointing. This time, they won't have the crowd to influence the umpire's terrible decision you know i think it's time for, it's time to clary clary loves playing the crows mate and just look out for what he will bring because he'll be bleeding from that last game yeah definitely i think now it's at the pointy end well we've been at the pointy end for the last month but i think now sort of locking in that top four spot we just need to get the job done i think i said to you, this to you the other day even even with the game against west coast we just put everything past us just get the get the job done and let's you know prepare ourselves for september because we've got a job to do and that game against geelong is going to be huge but again we can't take adelaide lightly you saw what they did to port adelaide and, and you know came very close to beating them you know port adelaide <laughs> have a shot at being top of the ladder like you think about that like we've talked about ladder positions haven't been um, a true indicator of where some of these sides have been this season so regardless of where it's played regardless of the time um, Melbourne just got to come out and, and I'm sure they will. I'm sure, you know, reeling him in now and, and sort of making that achievement of, of locking in a top four spot, they would know that their job is far from done. They just need to make sure that they go and, you know, tick the next box and just look at the next week. And it'd be interesting to see, um, obviously Hunt probably will miss uh, next week. And yeah, it, yeah, interesting to see what they do with selection. Yeah, Vanders, I'm not sure whether um, he's somebody that would stay in. And, and yeah, as you mentioned earlier, we've still got Viney. I know he's not going to play this week, but we still, you know, he's going to be in the fold for the Geelong game. So it'd be interesting to see how they're preparing uh, the side and, and what they're looking like. They want to be playing their final side in round 23 against Geelong. So, yeah, that's definitely it. And I think, well, another one to look out to is Tom Mack. I think. I think he definitely probably misses another week just to shore his, his body up. Obviously, you know, a little bit of a back niggle. You got to be careful of those. Um, you know, so probably he stays out of the side. I think we, I think Vanders gets another run. I think just purely based on, you know, just having a, or having a dip. I mean, he gave away some interesting free kicks and, you know, he used the ball pretty interestingly at times, but, you know, he does provide, he do, does send a scare through the other team. So I think, 
he still he still gets in there. Um, I strongly, yeah, definitely believe it will just be a, a Hibbard for Hib, Hibbard for Hunt, a little bit of a like for like switch. Um, as opposed to a sub, I mean, obviously, you know, it could be anyone. Well, you think you think Jordan probably, you know, if you, spot, if, you, if you look, sorry, Jordan keeps his spot. He keeps his spot. Who comes out for T Mac? Vanders. Yeah, Vanders definitely, and I think, yeah. unfortunately, I think yeah, it'd probably be Jim Jordan at the moment. Probably that will come out for when Viney comes back. But yeah, look, to be honest, I think Jim Jordan probably, I don't know how, but he provides more than what Van, uh, sorry, Viney's been providing. Um, because well, Jim's Jordan, Jim's Jordan, James Jordan, um, plays more on the wing, and he actually gets up and up the back of the ground and helps out really well. So. Um, yeah, he's a good real release player, and you know if Lang- Langdon's getting tagged, he gets the uh, he gets more of the ball. So um, yeah, kudos to him. But um, yeah, huge week, and I think I think I honestly think also we have to be aware that Adelaide's been through the ringer this week in in terms of everything that's happened off field yes. with yeah. with Tex and their former captain, and and they're certainly a club that you know wants to focus on their on their image or in terms of their their standing up for their club beliefs and. I think that honestly, that'll be probably a bit of a spurring point. It'll be certainly addressed in the, um, well, maybe not the incident, but I just think, you know, reinforcing what they stand for. And I think the pride that they have um, for, you know, for what they play for and, and the way that they, I suppose, you know, respect all, all beliefs and all, all traditions. And, and I think that'll be a huge point as well too. And unfortunately, uh, I was only sort of made aware of this this morning, but yeah, the D's um, were part of that as well too, for a social media post circulating, where some racist comments were targeted towards a indigenous player. So I don't know the details of that at all, but no, it's it's the silver lining is I think it's great the response that it gets from everyone. I think you think about these players and the platform that they have in order to be able to, you know, I suppose they're role models to everybody and I think the way that they're able to spread the message I think is um is really important and it's something that everybody needs to hear and you think about it, something, and I'm not going to say this is small, but I think an incident that can be posted on a social media website and for that to then create like the message that it is, I think is amazing. And it's great that they were, that we're identifying these people and we're pulling them out. A lot of these accounts are sort of purely created for the purpose of this. And unfortunately, it can be make it a bit hard to stamp out, but it's great that everybody is so aware. And, and I think, um, yeah, I think credit to everyone about how, about our stance about this because it's certainly um, certainly something that's really important. I know you and me as educators, it's something that we hold very dear and it's mm-hmm. something that we want to instill in, in our youth as they come up as well too. Oh, I listened to Eddie Betts' um, commentary or um, interview, I think it was on 360. Um, you know, really heartfelt. He's just sick of fighting and I think you know, it, it, takes, it takes everyone just to call people out on it. It's just, there's no room for it. Um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's, should be a non-negotiable or should be just something that, you know, isn't you know, something that gets brought up. It's, you know, they're, they're great for our game. They're great for our communities. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it hurts. It hurts to know that, you know, one of our players has to go through it as well, but, or any player for that matter. So yeah, hopefully all this awareness, um, you know, allows it, allows these players to feel, you know, more safe or safeguarded. All this awareness um, helps, helps the cause.
right, so man, well, that pretty much wraps it up for another week, mate. It's, uh, yeah, huge weekend. It's a bloody late night. I'm looking forward to having an early game, hopefully, <laughs> next week. And that game didn't end until midnight. So it'd be great <laughs> to hopefully watch us this weekend against the Adelaide Crows uh, on whichever day at, at whatever stadium. But enjoy it. Hopefully nice and early. Maybe Sunday afternoon would be nice because, uh, yeah, it was pretty tired Tuesday morning after that. But, um, no. Thanks for today, mate. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're back here next week talking about a, another win and uh, another another week closer to September as well. Yeah, hundred percent agree, mate. And I know I think I saw a post on one of the Melbourne chats today um, saying if we do get up this weekend, I think it's our best or well, best wins for a season. Um, which I, I thought we might have won more, especially during those you know our big premiership runs. But 50. I tell you what, that's pretty that's pretty amazing to know what this group's achieved, um, especially, you know, during what they've endured, especially I feel like we're a team last year that really disconnected um, during all the COVID chaos. Um, but, you know, it's true testimony to our, to our club and, you know, our leaders and staff and everyone involved um, to get us back on track. And, um, yeah, it's it's something that I'm very, very um, proud to be a Melbourne supporter now. I will always have been. But um, knowing that we can actually stack up and, you know, I'm in a weird position because I don't know how to feel still. So it's, <laughs> it's still surreal. I just, it is. It is. Uh, I'm used to getting frustrated again. Pants. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Always, just... you know, when we said to, when we spoke to Kate Roffey, she was like, we've got to ditch that mentality and we've got to try and, you know, as much as you honor the past, you want to kind of forget that side of things and, and just sort of see it as a, as a clean slate and then just ride, ride the roller coaster, as we say, mate. It's, it's certainly yeah. that. And I think, we're the only team to have stayed in the top four the entire season, which I know it's it doesn't matter at the end of the day, but at the same time, it's a, it's a pretty decent achievement in itself. And we won the pretty first nine decent, games, mate. Pretty decent, nice. Yeah. <laughs> could be that could be yeah that could be a decent redemption. I don't know what the redemption was decent. Week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, redemption oh, was mate. decent. I think there'd be a few dislikes on our on our post if that's a little, <sighs> the little angry face on them. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but no, it is it is very exciting and and yeah, really looking forward to the next few weeks. And as we mentioned, hopefully that we can get to a stage as a state where we can go and watch footy. That's the big thing. But that's it for another week. Thanks to all our listeners. A big thank you to our sponsor and Hop Hen Brewing. Make sure you get down there and pick yourself some brews up. We're still locked down for another week and every small business needs every bit of support that we can give them. So really, we really appreciate them supporting us, but it'd be awesome if our listeners, if you get the chance, if you see their beers at the bottle O or if you're close enough to Lillardale and you can head down to the brewery, it'd be great to go and support it. such a great local business. We do have a competition coming up as well too, which Simo, I haven't springing on this year now. So um, stay tuned for listeners. We do have a couple of special guests also coming up as well too towards the end of the month, which is also exciting. But we're, yeah, we're very focused in on on making sure that we're covering the games and really down the crunch end of the season, looking forward to finals. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review or give us some feedback on Twitter at at A-T-T-N-2-Detail. Remember, detail's got double E. Uh, Facebook or Instagram, or you can shoot us an email at attentiontodetailpod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Simo. Thanks again, mate. Take care this week and um, we'll speak to you, no doubt, on the weekend and we'll see and listen and talk to everyone. (laughs) We'll see you all next week. Go Dees. Go Dees.